great to have all you guys here this morning. Looking forward to um, this special time with you. I uh, hope you'll get out your life point outlines if you haven't already done that as we uh, just look to get into God's Word this morning. As you've noticed on the screen, the, um, the theme for these next three Sundays is about finishing well. Um, and uh, I can't say there's anything else that's just top of the mind awareness for me, for you, for this church family, than that we finish well. And that it would be that desire in your heart. Um, and what it means to finish well in the Christian life means that during your journey, uh, while you're here, you don't quit. You don't stop. You keep going. And even if you do quit, if you do stumble, if you do fall, that you don't stay there. But you get back up. And you start going again. Does that make sense? That's what I want to look at, uh, talk to you about this morning. And it's about finishing well. And the whole message this morning is this that I just want to have in your heart and your mind. Is never quit. Never quit. Never quit. Finish your race. Finish your race. I've got three passages I want us to look at. I've got them there in your life point outline, and you can just follow along with me there, if you will. Acts 20, 24. Paul says, I consider my life worth nothing to me, if only I may finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. And then 2 Timothy 4 and verse 7. Paul writes and he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And then one last one is Hebrews 12, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And watch this. And let us run with perseverance, the race that is marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set before him, here it is, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who, here it is again, endured such opposition from sinful men. And here's the whole point. So that you do not grow weary and quit the race. Wow. So the two or three thoughts that I want to I put in front of you this morning, if you've got your life point outline. And beloved, the first one is this. I want you to remember and never forget that the race that God has put you in as his son and his daughter, um, that life is a race. Life is a race. The life I'm living, the life you're living as God's son or God's daughter is a race. That's the, the, the picture 
that the Word of God clearly depicts. That my Christian life, God says, I want you to consider it as a race. And here's the thing. One of the sad things is that there are so many children of God who do not finish their race. I see it all the time. The race assigned them by God. They never become what God intended them to become during their lifetime. And you've got to ask yourself that. It doesn't matter if you haven't reached it yet. The main thing is, I may not have reached it, but I'm not quitting. I'm going to run my race. Does that make sense? That's the point. The Apostle Paul wrote about this a whole lot. Go back to Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. He said, I consider my life worth nothing if only I may finish the race and complete this task that the Lord Jesus has given me. So here's the truth in your life for an outline. The Apostle Paul didn't want to miss God's best for his life. And that's what I want you to consider. God has his best for you. And I want you to think about that. That's the goal of this morning, that each of us, you and me, would say, my life goal is to complete what God put me here to do. And even as I come to the end of this part of my race, my race is not done. There's still something for me to do. And that's what's on my heart so much, that I would not fail to stay in the race. If you want to know, what's Brother John going to do? He's going to stay in the race. He and Catherine are going to stay in the race. And the insight in your outline, finishing God's life race isn't easy, but it's doable. That's what God has been working into me these last several weeks. And as encouragement to us, Paul ended his last letter to Timothy. He said, I have finished the race. And so as I launched this final series as your senior pastor... These three weeks um, that I have here, I am gradually running toward that line that completes this phase of my race that the Father's had for me. I had no idea how long it was going to take to run this race. It has been a marathon. It's no sprint. And I'll say that again and again. But I want you to know these three messages that I've got on my heart are encouragements from me to you, my church family, and to Todd Core, and this incredible staff that I've had a privilege of watching God bring up and raise up and that are working alongside of me. And I pray that every church member here on the Hill would after today, after this message, that you would say what I have said so much that you're probably saying, yeah, we we know what you're going to say, that you would want on your tombstone those words, he or she served the purpose of God in their generation, and then they died. I wish that would be on every one of our tombstones so that somebody would say, what is this? It's like everywhere. They serve the purpose. Oh, that's Harmony Hill Church. That's how they live. That's how they live their lives. All of them have that one desire that they'll serve the purpose of God in their generation. 
and then they die and they go home. That's the way they want to die. For each of us to end our lives well, and I hope that's what you want, that you want to, you want to make it to heaven one day and hear the Lord God say to you, well done. And you understand me. It has nothing to do with you being perfect. It has to do with you running the race God assigned to you. It is to not be disqualified. It is to stay in the race. And it doesn't matter if somebody gets there ahead of you. You are running this race. It's just you. And the only way that I will ever finish totally the race that God's got for me is the same way, guys, that you're going to do yours. And that is by the grace of God, by his help and daily dependence on him. By doing that, if you keep your eye on him, you can run God's race for you and not quit until you go home. And why is it so important to be thinking about the reality about running this race. It is because, as I said already, the Christian race is not a sprint. It's a marathon. It is a marathon. And the insight in your outline, the race God has marked out for each of us is impossible. It is impossible to complete in our own power. This is why so many people drop out of the race. Each of us will be have been, or right now are, being tempted to quit. And my goal this morning is to encourage this staff of 20 plus that walks beside me in ministry. My goal is to encourage you, my church family, that I willingly shepherd whose souls are in my care, the deacons who serve, the elders who lead, and Pastor Todd, chosen of our Lord as the next generation lead pastor, my challenge to you is run your race and make it to the finish line. Run it all the way to the end. Because here's what I want you to understand. There are going to be times when you feel like you cannot keep going. There will be times that you will get discouraged in the Christian life. There will be times as you chase Jesus that you feel overwhelmed. There will be times when some of us here this morning and in the next two services, there are going to be times some of us are going to walk out of our race. We're going to quit worshiping. We're going to quit coming. We're going to get so discouraged. We're going to walk out of our race only to a little bit later on repent and come back. But the other side is there's going to be some who are going to walk out of their race because of discouragement and they're never going to re-enter. And here's the insight in your outline. The most difficult part of following Christ isn't starting the race. It's finishing. It is finishing that race. On the screen this morning, I got a picture of, of a kneeling bench. Um, I've used one of these in, in weddings through the years, and, and I've done a lot of weddings. And I had couples to, to kneel before the Lord God and, and commit their lives to each other. And they'd hold hands. And I've seen tears run down their cheeks. And I was so blessed by that. And they would pray a prayer themselves. And the, the thing that I wanted was, and I would be praying, oh God, I pray that they understand what it's going to take to make it all the way to the end. 
that one of them ultimately is going to stand at the grave of the other one. That's what you expect. That's the way it is, right? That's what we're called to do. And we stand at that altar. We know one of us is going to bury the other one. That's just the way it is. But you just want to make sure that you're doing that. And they're staying there and they're kneeling there and they're saying to each other, till death do us part. And what many of them don't understand is that in order for that to happen, there's got to be a daily consistent dependence on Jesus Christ. That's the only way you make it. Because you're marrying somebody who's not just different sexually, they're different. And today you love them so much you could eat them up and there'll be other days you wish to God you had. <laughs> just make me so mad. <laughs> Here's what happens without Jesus. Never would they imagine that the day is going to be coming when that young man is going to load all of his personal stuff into a truck and he's going to drive off. Or that she would leave a note on the kitchen counter that said, I just don't love you anymore and I'm leaving. And it happens all too often, doesn't it? It happens all the time. It happens to people of faith and people with no faith. And there have been countless pastors who have said goodbye to their church and they've left their race. They left their ministry why? Because he said it's just too hard. This is a difficult people to minister to. The challenges are too deep. And I want you to understand, that's the way it is. That's the race. That's the race. We live in a broken world. We live among a bunch of lost people. And we have our own failures and weaknesses. And there are countless church members who have ceased to walk and worship and work with their church families and reach a next generation for Christ. And here's what I want to say. Finishing the race that God has called you to, to run isn't impossible, but it is exhausting. And it will take more, it will take more than you have got. That Harmony Hill Church will be a church that will serve the purposes of God for another generation. And if there is one thing I would say to you, when I step down from this place that's been assigned to me, that you would know the heart of my heart is that you, this church, will not stop being a light for Jesus Christ in this community. But you understand this. We've Harmony Hill went through some hard, hard times. There were dark times. You know why? Because there's a real enemy. And we've got the world, the flesh, and the devil all working against us. And the only way you make it and make it well is make it with Jesus. Which brings me to number two. Let me talk to you about God's race finisher club. Because that's what God does. In the last 50 years, there have been countless men and women and young people who have made commitments to the Lord Jesus Christ here on the hill. It has been such a blessing to see so many people 
come forward and make a profession of faith in Christ and stir the baptismal waters. And the insight is today's message is about following through with the commitment all of us have made to Christ to love him, follow him, and serve him. I want to see all those young people that have been baptized, all the moms and dads that have been baptized. It is great that they were baptized. It is great that they've taken a position for Christ. But you know what is even better? What is even better is that 10, 15, 25, 35, 40 years from now, they are still doing it. And then we don't have to wonder, where are they? Where are they? The reality is there are hundreds that should be here on the hill today, and they're not. Or they should be in worship in the cities that they moved to, but they're not. They walked an aisle. They maybe wept. They promised a pastor or a church family that they were going to follow Christ all the days of their life. But today, they are not sitting among the faithful. They're not standing for Christ at work or at the gym or wherever they go. Those who have a teaching gift are no longer teaching. Those who have a beautiful voice for singing praise to the Lord are no longer singing. Those who have been called to minister the word as pastors are no longer serving where they were called. They have dropped out of their races. That is what I do not want for you. And the insight in your outline, the reality is that some in these three services today will not be here this time next year because the race got too long and too hard. We have had over 100 men, women, and students and children who have stirred the baptismal waters here on the hill in the last two years. And Hebrews chapter 12 encourages us to every day look at ourselves this way. We're like runners down on a track. And that's called, that tracks the, the Christian race that God has assigned to us. And Hebrews 12 says, see yourself as runners on the track. And you're out there, and it's hard. But in the grandstands, in the bleachers, are these men and women that the Bible in Hebrews chapter 12 refers to as a great cloud of witnesses. Who are they? They are the men and women who did it. They are the men and women who not only started out, but they held out. It doesn't mean they didn't stumble. It doesn't mean they didn't fall. Many of them did, and they fell hard. But you know what they did? They got back up. They got back up. They didn't quit, and they kept going in the race. And in this Hebrews chapter 12, it's what theologians have called the Faith Hall of Fame. Let me talk about three of those people right quick. Number one is Noah. Noah. Noah, you know, I've been doing this 50 years. I'm such a child. Noah said, 50 years. You're such an amateur, John. Think about 120. I had a 120-year assignment to build a boat, an ark, and there had never been one. And God said, I want you to build this. And Noah said, you cannot imagine how hard that was. He never walked off the track. He never quit. Noah kept at his calling for God for 120 years. I think Noah would say, I know what it's like to have the world think you're crazy for being obedient to God, but you've got to stay faithful. 
Ladies and gentlemen, there, there's, maybe there's been times that you have thought, I know that I have. This is just too hard. I just don't know if I can do it. Do you realize I've thought those very things? I tried twice to leave here. Why? Because I wanted something easier. I said, Lord, just open up a door. I'm gone. It's just too hard. And so God let me go to here and let me go there. And I got unanimous calls in both places. One of them had never happened. They never had a unanimous call in the history of that church. And it was over 100 years old. And when I said, God, what do you want me to do? He said, stay. Don't run. Don't quit your race. It is a marathon, John. Don't quit your race. And I am so grateful for his grace for me. God is calling me to be like a Noah. And sometimes you're going to have to be like a Noah. Other times you're going to have to be like number two, a Joseph. So much went wrong in this young man's life. His brothers sold him into slavery. Talking about family issues. After giving his master and his master's wife 110% of serving them day and night, his master's wife throws him under the bus and Joseph is in prison for a supposed crime of passion that he never committed. She said he got fresh with me. Tried to seduce me. If anyone knew what it was like to feel hopeless again and again and forgotten by God, it was Joseph. And I think Joseph would say to us, he would say, listen, I went through crushing years, 20 years from the time he left home and was sold into slavery before he, he got into the palace. He said, I went through crushing years where I felt abandoned but at the right time, God unveiled his faithfulness and lifted me from the prison to the palace in a day. In a day. So what is God saying? Trust me to work things out for your good, even when it doesn't make sense. Stay the course. Stay in your race. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't what? Don't quit. Don't. Be counting on here on the hill. Do what God wants you to do here. And then, then there's Moses, called by God to run the impossible race of leading like three million people out of Egypt into the promised land. And I think as he watches uh, you and I run, that he might say to you, I know what it is like to run a race where you feel inadequate and you feel overwhelmed. He said, but the great I am is with you. So you keep running because the promised land will come. And here's the thing I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen. None of the men and women in Hebrews chapter 11 ran a perfect race. Not one. All of them fell. And sometimes really hard. But you know what made the difference with these guys? Every one of them got back up one more time and they finished their race. They finished their race. Remember them. When you feel tired of the challenges of the Christian life, remember them because you will get tired. 
When you feel like the race that God has called you to, what he's asked you to do is too long and you will. Remember and don't quit. Be able to be counted on. Whether it's singing in the choir or playing in the orchestra or teaching the word of God or serving someplace here, remember what God has done for you. And don't quit. Don't walk off the track of serving Christ, of serving his church and witnessing to a lost world. Lufkin needs a church of faithful people. A people who live the life and who don't quit. And you're going to get knocked down in your Christian life. But the word of God bids you get up one more time and keep running. Keep running. That's why 12, Hebrews 12, 1 says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. It is a call that you never quit. You never give up. You run with endurance. How long? Till you go home. Till you go home. Till you go home. You never stop. You never quit. Now, I know that I'm talking to somebody here this morning or, or watching online, and you're thinking of quitting. Maybe you're thinking of quitting a marriage or quitting whatever it is that God has called you to. You thought coming to Christ would, would shield you, that the Lord would be there and protect you from stuff like this, but he didn't. And maybe cancer has claimed a husband or a wife or a loved one. Maybe a divorce that you didn't want went through and you wonder where is God as part of your race you're being tested and it's hard and God wants to know you're going to run your race maybe a child has broke your heart maybe you didn't get that promotion for your job and you thought I, you know, I didn't sign up for this I've given my, myself, I want to serve the Lord. And I don't understand why I'm going through this. Remember Joseph. Remember Joseph. I think one of the great, greatest movies on perseverance and a never quit attitude. And I don't know if you guys saw it. It was called Remember the Titans. It's a good football game. Well, there's, just, there's this scene um, where Coach, uh, his name's Herman Boone, played by Denzel Washington. Um, he takes a team on this two-week football camp um, where he's going to work them out, just work them to the bone, right? And so the team is ra racially divided. But they get in there and they work hard they, you know, and they start to kind of come together. And at the end of two weeks, they're sore, they're drained of energy, they're exhausted. And they're at this place where they're, they're running in place and there's this exchange that goes on between the players and between the coach. And here's how it goes. Coach. What is pain? Team, fresh bread. Coach, what is fatigue? Team, army clothes. Coach, will you ever quit? No. What do you want? We want some more. What do you want? We want some more. Boy, what a scene that is. You know, we're not quitting. And my race and your race at times it's going to be like Remember the Titans and the football summer camp. And you're going to think, is this ever going to end? Is it ever going to get easier? And if it's the desire of your heart to finish your race that God has called you to, 
I've got this little uh, exercise I want us to do. This, this is going to be fun, but I think it'll be telling for you. Now, the, the, the tech team is going to help you. I'm, I'm gonna, there's some life challenges that I've thought of that I want to just call out to you. And then I want you to watch the screen, and I want you, when you are, um, when they show you up here, I want you to holler out, never give up. All right? Can we do that? I'll challenge you, and you holler back, never give up. Are you ready? Here we go. All right. Sometimes, as a child of God, you will not feel close to God. Sometimes, you're going to question your faith. Sometimes, you're going to feel unworthy as a follower of Christ. Sometimes, Christians will let you down. Sometimes, you will have to stand alone for your faith. Sometimes you will be disgusted with your own sin. And sometimes you will be tired of running this race. That's it. What do you do? Never give up. You never give up. Why? Because God is the one who put us in this race. God put us here. God has called me and he's called you to run our race. And we're not in competition with anybody else. It doesn't matter how anybody else is running their race. The most important thing for me in the sight of my father is that I run the race he has set before me. And his most important thing is that you do the same, which brings me to my final thought, and that is rely on Christ. I cannot finish my life mission on my own, and neither can you. You cannot finish what God has put you here on this earth to do. You cannot do what he wants you to accomplish. Colossians 1.29 says, This is my work, my race, and I can do it only because Christ's mighty energy is at work within me. Now, I want to repeat two truths that I've already given you, but I just want to repeat them to you again, and then I'm, I'm going to close. Here's the first one, the truth. It is not how you start the race that matters. It is how you finish. That will always be the point. It doesn't matter all that, how you've done in running the race so far. The, the most important thing is that you finish the race God has assigned to you. And the second truth is we never fail our race unless we quit. You never fail unless you quit. So what does that mean? It means finish your race. For some of you, this morning means you hear God calling you to get back in your race. You were discouraged. You felt like you were beat up and you have, you stepped to the side and God is saying, get back in the race. And for others of you, start your race now. Acts 13, 36, David served the purpose of God in his generation and then he died. The truth in your outline, the strength to finish our race isn't from us. It's from Christ Jesus. That's how we do it. We get it from him. Isaiah 40, 29. Christ gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall. Listen, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. And they will walk and not faint. It doesn't matter how determined or committed you are. You cannot run the race God has called you to run 
without him. So, I want to invite Pastor Todd to come up here. And I'm going to ask the guys to bring out my props, if they will, please, Todd. He has no idea what's about to happen. And so, his heart rate has just jumped. Todd, I'd like to ask you to be seated if you would. <clears throat> I want to uh, I want to do what I'm going to do. Um, <clears throat> because my desire, for as long as God gives me breath, is to serve you. I am so grateful that God called you and equipped you to shepherd this church. It would be a really hard day for me to be where I am in life, to know that it's time for me to step back from being lead pastor and to not have anyone into whose hands I could put this church. My father has been faithful. And I thank him so much for you. And I believe with all my heart that you're God's man Amen. to lead this church to what God has next. It's been a, a wonderful journey for me, seeing God do amazing things. And I believe there's more he wants to do. And the thing that blesses me about this man is that I believe he's blessable. So, I wash your feet today, not as a show, but to say to you and to all of you, that I will seek to serve you by praying for you, by being there if you need me, by giving counsel when you ask for it, and by doing what I can to guard your back. Amen. I want to be a friend and a brother in Christ to you. And this is just my way of saying I want to serve you and I want to see you do well and I want to see you lead this church further than where I brought it to that you'll carry it on. All right?
Where's my towel? I guess. <laughs> it's not at my hand. you to help me get this back on. <laughs> we'll just put the shoe on. All right, we'll just put the shoe on. This has not been an easy message to preach for me this morning, but if I can do anything, uh, it would be to challenge you that as God has strengthened me to run this race, and to get to this point, that my greatest joy would be that you would do the same. And that as I stand on the sidelines and watch him lead and watch our church, that my greatest joy will be to see this church's message and ministry grow and go for the kingdom. Serve him. Follow him. Do his will. I love you guys. God bless you all. You're dismissed this morning.